This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Salatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Leaving uh, from where we left off last week Adam and Hawa came down to earth and it was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is a narration which says that Adam landed in India and Hawa landed in Asham, Palestine, in those areas. But this narration, its reference is not authentic, cannot be relied on. <clears throat> However, we related a, an authentic hadith. And this hadith is in Bukhari, that the Prophet ﷺ said, that here, and when he was on Hajj, he was on Hajj near the Arafah place. You all know where Arafah is, right? So the Prophet ﷺ pointed to that place near Arafah. I forgot its name. And he said, there, Allah took from Adam from his loins all of his offspring. Every human being, his offspring and his children, till the end of time. All of us were taken out and we were placed in front of Adam like tiny atoms, kadhar, or adharra, like little atoms, tiny, all scattered in front of him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us aware and said that this is actually in the Quran, this verse, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and when he took the offspring out of the from the backs, from from your backs. And he says from the back of Adam salam, your backs, his back is the same thing. So you were, you came out of one another. You all come from the same origin. And he said that, Allah said, he made, he made you witness against yourselves. He made the humans witness against themselves. Am I not your Lord? And that we worship Allah one and only. And then he put us back in. And then we were recreated in the form that we were created. Now this verse is in the Qur'an actually, and it's also in the Sahih Hadith, and we don't know the nature of how this happened. All we can tell you is, the only link I can find to this, or the scholars have found, is the authentic Hadith of the Prophet which is in Bukhari and Muslim, and it's in the 40 Hadiths of Imam al-Nawawi, if you want to know exactly where to find this Hadith. So this Hadith says that the Prophet said, Every newborn is born on a natural inclination to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have natural instincts such as shame and modesty. So their parents, he said, turned them into Jews, a Christian or a fire worshipper or some other belief system. So if you leave a person on their own, it is in our belief that naturally your, your, your natural fitra, it's called a fitra, your natural inclination, instinct, and the way that you're made up makes you question where did I come from and where am I going? And you naturally start to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why a primitive Bedouin in the deserts, often you'll find them actually believing in God. And they look at the footsteps of camels and the dung of camels and the, uh, uh, the, the dung of 
of uh, a sheep and, and goats, and they know that where you find a remnant of uh, a livestock, it means livestock was there. They don't have to see the livestock. So they say, well, this creation, all this that we see around us, is nothing but evidence, proof of an intelligent being, God, who created everything. Brothers and sisters in Islam, this fitrah, this fitrah is innate within us. Then Allah sent his messengers and books and he taught us more and more. Brothers and sisters in Islam, when uh, in this incident, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took out all the human beings from the back of Adam alayhi salam, from the loins of Adam alayhi salam, it says in the hadith which is in, uh, um, which is in, which is sahih, it's in uh, Abu Dawood, I think, one of the six books that we rely on, the six books of hadith, if you know what they are, Bukhari, Muslim, Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, Ibn Majah, and Nisa'i, and there's also Sunan Ahmad, and there is Al-Bayhaqi, uh, and Al-Muwatta ibn Ibn Malik. These are all books of hadith that we get our sources from. Anyway, the authentic hadith says that Adam السلام, looked among his children, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him identify some of their features, their faces, and he saw one, well, it doesn't say identify their features, but he was able to see his children, and he saw one of them that that had, a, had more of a bright brightness to him, he shined. Allahu alam how this happened, but he, his eye caught a shining face among his dhuriya, among his offspring. And he asked, who is that among my children, O oh Allah? And he said to him, or I think maybe the angels told him, or Allah told him, I'm not sure. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to him up in the heavens or on earth, he still kept speaking to him, Allahu alam. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this, I don't know. The point is, he received wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, that is your son Dawood. That is your son Dawood, Prophet Dawood, Prophet David. Dawood alayhi salam. And he liked, he liked the way he looked, and Adam alayhi salam's heart opened towards him. And he said to him, Ya Rab, how long have you given him to live? He said, 60, 60 years. And Adam thought it was such a short time, so he said, Give him more, Ya Rab. He made dua for him to have more of life on earth. Because he saw his face full of brightness, that means he was full of iman, and that his work on earth will be great. So he wanted his offspring. Naturally, when you have a child who you see goodness in them, you want them to live longer so they can live out a legacy, a good legacy for yourself. So Adam said, give him more life, Ya Allah, since he benefits the people. And Allah said to him, no, unless it comes out of your own years. And, he, and so he gave him 40 years. And so it is said that Dawood lived for 100 years. Now... When it came time for the death of Adam alayhi salam, he forgot that he had given from his years 40 and he had been told how long he will live for. And then the angels came to him, he got a little bit hesitant saying, I still have 40 years. And they said to him, no, you gave it to your son Dawood. And Allah had written this. It says in the Sahih Hadith that Allah had written this and it's also made authentic by Imam al-Sheikh al-Bani that he wrote it, Allah subhanahu wa wrote it on something and he made the angels bear witness to it and it was brought to him at the time of his death, Adam alayhi salam. There is in that narration, Rasulullah also said that Adam salam lived a thousand years. A thousand years. And he forgot. He forgot 960 years later, he forgot that he had given his son 40 years and when he remembered and was witnessed, Adam alayhi salam obviously he accepted. Now, this tells us that human beings inherited from Adam for forgetfulness. We forget. And it is one of the things that tells us, as Allah says in the Quran, 
that on the day of judgment, Allah will leave you there to judge you and will not, uh, he will be just and fair that in another hadith it says that, authentic hadith, that no one will be punished unless they are judged and are convinced. In the Quran, Allah says in Surah Al-Mulk, uh, and so they will admit their sins, which is an indication the scholars and Mufassirun said that people will not enter a hellfire if they would deserve it or be punished until they know that they deserve it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes witnesses upon us here, the angels, the books, the book of decree, us against each other. And that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the evil and the criminal people who know themselves to be criminals, they will try to use every avenue on the day of judgment to try and get out of their sins and to try to deny that they had done something. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, in Surah Al-Kahf, uh, not in Surah Al-Kahf, in a... Uh, which surah, subhanallah, it says, اليوم نختم على أفواههم Who knows which surah it is? اليوم نختم على أفواههم Today we shall seal their mouths وتكلمنا أيديهم وتشهد أرجلهم بما كانوا يكسبون Today we shall... Huh? Surah Yaseen, اليوم نختم على أفواههم Possibly. You sure? 100%? Huh? 99%? Inshallah. We'll take your word for it. 99% in Surah Yasin. It says, Today we shall seal their mouths and their hands and their feet, uh, and, and their hands will speak and their feet will witness with what they used to do. So, my brothers and sisters in Islam, it tells us that human beings always will deny when they are cornered, except for the people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Adam السلام, forgot when he showed him the witness. خلاص. Adam السلام, had yaqeen. Yaqeen means he was certain. And really, a believer, when you're certain about something, your iman rises. Your iman rises. This is called yaqeen. Umar uh, bin Khattab, I read this somewhere. And Umar bin Khattab, the meaning is very true. And he said, if I were to see Jahannam, this fire which Allah talks about in the Qur'an, we don't know its reality because we've never seen it. He says, if I were to see Jahannam with my own naked eyes, it would not increase my iman, my belief in its existence. It won't make a difference for me. But obviously when you see something, the effect and the feeling is greater. However, for him, he believes in it whether he sees it or doesn't because the Qur'an is enough. But sometimes when you see something with your eyes, it's not the same as just believing without seeing. And that's beautiful. I remember the hadith of Prophet ﷺ where he said before he died, the only thing I will miss is seeing my brethren. They are the ones who believed in me but never saw me. So he loves you. Inshallah, it is us, Ya Rabb, because you believe in him and never see him. Brothers and sisters in Islam, that is the case with Adam السلام, and this is the riya that was taken out of his back, out of his loins, the offspring. So Adam السلام, and Hawa then lived on earth as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed for them to be right from the beginning. And they began to reproduce as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed for it to be from the beginning. In that reproduction, Hawa used to give birth to twins after twins. And these twins were usually boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. 
Some of them were dark, some of them were light. Some of them looked Asian, some of them looked Arab, some of them looked European, some of them looked all sorts. Because Adam and Hawa are the fresh origin, so they carry the genes of everything. The most powerful genes ever is Adam and Hawa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed at that time only the brothers and the sisters to marry each other so long as they were not twins. And then came two sons, Habil and Qabil. Habil was the more righteous son. Qabil turned out to be non-righteous. And to add to that, Habil's twin sister was very... Uh, Habil's twin... Qabil's... Qabil, so you know the famous story, it also appears in the Bible, in the Torah, the, the Injil and the Torah, uh, um, Cain and Abel, Habil and Qabil. Habil Qabil's twin sister was prettier than Habil's twin sister. But Habil had to marry Qabil's twin sister, and Qabil married Habil's twin sister. It started from there. It says, the Mufassirun say this. This is not in Hadith or Quran. This is now uh, interpretations that those traditional scholars did, such as Ibn Kathir, the great Mufassir, great interpreter of the Quran. He says that, according to traditions, and also according to Israelite traditions, Israelite traditions, are the huh? yeah, Israelite Israeli traditions are the Jews and Christians and the people before who received the gospel and the Torah and so on. It falls in line with our traditions as well that the jealousy of Qabil began there. That why would Habil have to take the prettier one he has to take? The less attractive one. And so the jealousy began. Iblis, Iblis, the first one. What did we say was the first sin ever done? Acting upon jealousy. If you're jealous of something, that's a disease of the heart, it becomes a sin when you start to act upon it, when you start believing that jealousy and you start to hate and hold a grudge and act upon it. Qabil is whispered to by Iblis to do what? The oldest trick in the book which he knows that led him to become an outcast and that is jealousy. Which leads to hatred, which leads to arrogance, which leads to murder. So Qabil became jealous of that. The second thing Qabil became jealous of was the fact that Habil seemed to be favoured by his father Adam more than Qabil. Now obviously Adam السلام, was very fair with his children, he's a prophet of God and obviously he's very fair and just. And it is forbidden in Islam for any parent to show favoritism or treat one child with more favor than the other, boy or girl. And I'll recall just one example from the time of the Prophet وسلم, when a Bedouin because we know when we talk about Bedouins, they were known to be in that time to be rough, tough people who followed tradition strictly, and a lot of them were chauvinistic, very chauvinistic. The girl had no place. So a Bedouin comes in with two children, a boy and a girl, 
and he places his son on his lap and puts his girl beside him on the floor. But Rasul noticed this immediately. And he says, uh, You did not deal with them fairly and justly. You did not deal with them fairly and justly. You put your daughter on the floor and your son higher. And then he said, and then another Sahabi came in. Uh, sorry, and then suddenly Al Hassan and Hussein, Prophet's grandchildren, came in, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, kissed them both and put them on his laps. And then the Bedouin said, Ya Rasulullah, Wallahi, I have this many children, ten. I've never kissed one of them in my life. And after seeing what he did to his daughter, he said to him, he sat straight and he says, Laysa minna mallam yarham. He is not one of us, whoever does not give mercy. So treating your children with love and compassion and kissing them and hugging them is a form of compassion and mercy. My brothers and sisters in Islam, then Qabil felt that his father was favoring him, but he wasn't. What was Adam doing? He was noticing, noticing Habil's good acts. He was noticing his charitable giving. Habil was given a business. From, from, from day one, we learned business. Habil and Qabil both ran a business of their own. Habil ran a business of livestock, sheep and goats. And as we said, animals existed on earth before, before let's call them the homo sapien, the intelligent human that we know today. Allahu alam, there were other human-like creatures before. We already discussed this in lecture number one. But this homo sapien that we see now, okay, the animals were before us. So he looked after them. Qabil looked after crops. He used to grow crops and wheat and barley and corn and all that stuff, farming. SubhanAllah, they both started as farmers, agriculture. Qabil and Habil. Habil started being charitable, kind, compassionate, merciful, and he was charitable. Obviously, the father's going to notice the good acts because he's a prophet as well. And when you see good acts, they deserve to be merited, paid attention to, rewarded. So if you reward your children for the good they do, and the others you don't reward them because they didn't do any good, they didn't deserve it, this is not favoritism. This is encouragement. A whole lecture about raising children is another one as well. However, that's what Qabil took it as. Now the problem was that Qabil himself... He wasn't doing good. You could see his actions are bad. So the attention he got from his father is what? Noticing his faults. And obviously Adam did not focus on his faults because he could see that Qabil's getting jealous. He's very tender with him. But Qabil himself with Iblis's whisper, Shaitan's whispers, and his desires began to grow. So Qabil started to interpret all of this the wrong way. He started to think that his father favors his son, his brother, his brother gets the more beautiful woman. It seems like Habib is better than me. Instead of trying to step it up and become better, he decided to take revenge from his brother. His hatred started to grow. His jealousy started to grow. And finally, Allah says in the Quran, His own nafs 
And here Allah subhanahu wa didn't even mention the shaitan, which is interesting. He said his own nafs. What's a nafs? A nafs is yourself that carries the desires and temptations. Desire to eat, desire to drink is a good thing. But the desire to be greedy is the bad thing. The desire to be jealous. So, فَسَوَّلَتْ لَهُ نَفْسُهُ you got to train your nafs. This nafs is like a child. We're supposed to train it. When you get lazy, train it. Got to get out of bed, count to five, you're up, even if you have to faint. Train it. Train it with fasting. Train it with... And one of the best ways to train it, as Allah says, And those who can restrain their anger, your nafs tells you, get angry. But what's it going to benefit you? He says, restrain your anger. Those of you who do BJJ and Jiu-Jitsu or Judo, and you learn how to put people in, in, in chokes, put your nafs in a choke sometimes. From it getting angry, because when you're angry and you release, you do wrong things. For example. So your nafs needs training and needs to be restricted and restrained sometimes. And sometimes it needs to be rewarded so it can be encouraged. Sometimes it needs to be punished. You reward and punish yourself. And forgive yourself sometimes. Brothers and sisters, Allah says his nafs made him do it. Made him do what? Made him kill his brother. The shaitan's duty is doing what? To pick at your conscience. To pick at your nafs. Just whisper. Doesn't make you do anything. So Allah here, he doesn't blame the shaitan. Nowhere in the Quran does it blame the shaitan for man's bad actions. At all. All he tells you is watch out for the shaitan. He whispers to you, he's got nothing to do with you. Don't listen to him. Or a human being can be a shaitan too. That's how they are. But your nafs is what you have to listen to. And on the day of judgment, we'll sidetrack a little bit. Having said this, the shaitan, every person is born with a qareen. Every person is born with a qareen. A qareen means a shaitan that is stuck with you and whispers to you. Cannot harm you in any way, just whispers. And Allah says in the Quran, وَقَالَ قَرِينُهُ رَبَّنَا مَا أَطْغَيْتُ On the day of judgment, his own qareen will say, Oh my Lord! He knows his Lord now. I did not lead him astray. وَلَكِنْ كَانَ فِي ضَلَالٍ بَعِيدٍ In Surah Qaf. But he or she was so far astray that he listened to me. And then the shaitan, Iblis even himself on the day of judgment, will say to all the humans, and that, you know, he and the others will say to you, will say to us, for those who went astray, when people start blaming the shaitan on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the shaitan, Iblis will say, all I did was invite you, and you responded to the invitation. Don't sit here blaming me. Blame yourselves. I, I, I disbelieve in what I deny what you believe in and what you've done. I'm, I'm innocent from it. And another verse says, I fear Allah. See this manipulative, shifty um, little weasel, the shaitan. So, brothers and sisters, do not listen to the shaitan. Always remember that it is your nafs that. Otherwise, what happens in Ramadan? You always say, man, if the shaitan is locked up, how come I'm still doing this? It's you. It's you. Not the shaitan. Stop. Get, get out of that mentality and this attitude, which a lot of Muslims have these days, subhanAllah. Brothers and sisters in Islam, so Qabil start to get jealous in that. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in Surah Al-Ma'idah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah 
إنما يتقبل الله من المتقين. I'll take it verse by verse. Allah said in the Quran because it's best just to read from the Quran. That's the story. And uh, tell them, O Muhammad, tell them the story, uh, the news about the two sons of Adam, Ibn, two sons of Adam, meaning Habil and Qabil. When one of them gave an offering, an offering he gave, what did he give? He gave, in a narration in tafsir, the best of his livestock, the best of his sheep as an offering for the sake of Allah. And the other one gave from the worst of his offering. That's not in the verse, it's tafsir. So they both gave, they, they both gave an offering and in the tafsir it says that Habil gave the best of his livestock and Qabil gave the worst of his crops. Because charity and donation, brothers and sisters, has to be done sincerely, seeking the pleasure of who? Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you do it to show off, so that people can say what a generous person they are, such as the way we go about it on social media. Many people can't help themselves. They can't donate or do something good if it's not, you know, live on social media. SubhanAllah. This is not acceptable by Allah. Unless you're putting it on social media purely, purely, purely and sincerely and honestly to encourage other people. <laughs> but very little people do that. So Allah encourages us and says what you give, seeking only Allah's pleasure, is counted. And what you give, mixed with the pleasure of people or showing off, it's as if you have given nothing. Nothing. We're not going to go into that, but I just wanted to say that insha'Allah ta'ala. Sincerity, because the shaitan gets the insincere people. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah says, فَتُقُبِّلَ مِنْ أَحَدِهِمَا Allah accepted the offering from one of them. The offering, it is said in the Israelite traditions now, not from hadith, and uh, what I want to make a point about the Israelite tradition, like this young boy said, the Israeli traditions, the Bible and, and uh, the ancient scriptures, if it does not clearly appear in our Quran and Sunnah, in our Islamic teachings, then the Prophet ﷺ said that this hadith is in Muslim and Abu Dawood and others. He said, the you can take learn from the ancient scriptures if you like but if but do not believe them and do not deny them don't credit them or discredit them don't say they're true or false if they don't appear in our in, the, in our quran or sunnah do not believe them or deny them unless they contradict our quran and sunnah in case you believe in something that's not true and if you don't deny them, then you believe, and say, he said, he said, and say, we believe in whatever Allah and his, whatever Allah has sent down to his messengers. So when you hear the Israelite traditions, like I'm, like I'm narrating to you now, we don't say they're 100% true, and we don't say they are 100% wrong. We don't confirm or deny. But we say, we believe in whatever God has sent down upon his messengers, which they sent to us. So if this is true, then we believe in it. If it's not true, we've, we're innocent from it. So this Israelite tradition is something good to mention, and it goes in line with the Quran and Sunnah, and that is that a fire used to come down from the heavens, literally before your eyes, and it would take the offerings of that which was given sincerely. So Allah accepted Habil's offering because it was given out of sincerity, and the sign of that sincerity is that he chose the best 
We all know that in medieval Qurban or Udhiyah, you know the Pakistani Qurbani, they say, is that right? Qurbani? Yeah. Qurbani. We say Udhiyah. So Qurban, Udhiyah, both of them are correct. In the Quran it's Qurban, Qarraba Qurbanan, when you give the Qurban, or Udhiyah, Udhiyah, sacrifice, both of them are correct meanings. Uh, same thing. So Qurban and Udhiyah, you, in, in Eid al-Adha, you've got to give from the best of the sheep. From the best of the goats, from the best of the camels, and you're probably asking, can we give goat? Yes, you can. Or you can give a cow. You know, ten people can buy a cow, and it's acceptable as a uthiyah for all the ten people. But anyway, you've got to choose from the best that you can. As for sadaqah, like you want to give uh, charity, then make it sincere. So Habil gave from his best, and Qabil, uh, whatever, because he's not sincere about it. So Allah accepted Habil's one, and Qabil became, this was the last straw for him. He said, even the heavens... God favors Habib, that's it. His nafs told him, kill him, get him out of your way. And these are the results of bullies, people who bully at school, at home, among families, uh, bullies uh, in our community, bullies, politicians who are bullies, bullies in the street, bullies who are gangs, bullies in families, bullies, as I said at school, I repeat myself twice, bullies, these bullies usually are people who have jealousy, hatred, grudge, revenge, anger, uh, it's been done to them, they want to do it to others, so we need to help them if we can. If they don't want to listen, well then they're going to suffer more. Qabil was a bully, and just because, you know, he was favored his brother, and this was from the merits of his brother, he can't handle it. Why? Why does he have to be an A student? Instead of going and putting your efforts in, and trying your talents in other areas where, where you can shine, no, we're going to kill all those who are better than us. And this is the meaning of pride, al-kibr. Al-kibr means to look down upon others for no reason, you know, that I'm better than everyone else. That's it. Narcissism. I'm better. Why? I'm better. Because I am. And Batar al-Haq. To refuse the truth when it comes to you. It's the truth. You refuse it. The truth of Quran, the future of Sunnah, the truth of something which is true. You, re you refuse it. Why? Heck, because I don't want to accept it. I'm too good for the truth. This is kibir, pride. You don't enter paradise if you have pride. So my brothers and sisters, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from that. Qabir reached the point of pride, which is kufr. Even if he believes in God, even if he believes in Allah, Iblis believes in Allah, and this goes to show, brothers and sisters, we make a very important point. It's not enough just to say, I believe in Allah. Allah says in the Quran, Is it enough for people that Allah will leave them just to say, We believe? When they, while they are not tested and tried with their belief, we will know who is truthful and who is not truthful. And Allah will know those who are truthful and those who are not. So Qabil was tested with this belief of his, and the result of it was Kibr. And anyone who has Kibr has made partners with Allah. Allah says, My cloak is pride. Whoever wants to compete with me for it, then he is in the fire. So Qabil started to want to kill Habil. Allah says in the Quran that uh, he used to go out to try and kill his brother in different ways weapons, hands, and each time Habil used to reply the following words. Very interesting. He says, Habil said to him, when his brother said to him, I shall kill you. And Habil said, as a matter of fact, Ya Qabil, Allah only accepts the offerings from those who are God-fearing. In other words, be God-fearing yourself. Stop this stuff that you're doing and fear Allah in that. And I'm not saying I'm God-fearing. I'm telling you in general. 
Allah except from the God-fearing. So Habil didn't even pride himself. He can see his brother being full of pride, pride, but he doesn't want to. Even, like even though Habil knew that he was favored by Allah, at that instant, he still did not say, in the Quran, it doesn't say, I am among them, the God-fearing. Habil said, he left it objective. He said, Allah accepts from those who are God-fearing. And what this teaches us is, even if you, if you do pray and fast and you do so many acts of goodness, and maybe you see yourself that, alhamdulillah, you're ahead. Never, ever, ever claim or say, I am pious. I am God-fearing. I'm more God-fearing. If someone says to you, fear Allah, I know some people are so patronizing with this word. I mean, you meant to say to people, fear Allah uh, out of goodness and kindness to them. Not in a patronizing manner, you know, as well. You know, some people, they say, fear Allah out of goodness. And others, they say, fear Allah, and it's actually full of pride. It's like, I'm better than you, so you better fear Allah. They say it in a kind manner. So, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an act of piety. And saying it is an act of piety. But my brothers and sisters in Islam, no one should ever praise themselves in piety. Allah says in the Quran, فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Never praise yourselves as being pious. Allah knows who is, has more taqwa. There's a hadith about, um, again, this hadith has some issues with it, but the meaning is correct, uh, has issues with its referencing. So it says that Rasulullah uh, told us about two men. One was uh, pious and practicing, the other one wasn't. They were, they were friends in life, they were colleagues. And the pious one kept advising the other one to repent, 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 for years. And then the other person never listened, just kept going astray, 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 astray. And then finally one day, the pious person says to him, You will never be forgiven. Like, that's how bad you are. What did the man make himself into? A judge. You will never be forgiven. They died. And it says that in the future, when the, when the Prophet says Allah raised them, Allah raised them, it means that when a person dies, there's no more time. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything has already happened in the past. So when Prophet or the Quran talks about the hereafter as if it's now, it's because we only live in time. But after you die, there's no more time. So Allah speaks after death in the present tense. Everything's already happened. So Allah Rasulullah said, So Allah raised them and he says, where is this man who is making himself a god instead of me? Who told you that I will not forgive him? How dare you? Take him to hellfire and take his other friend to Jannah. The other friend had repented in the future. And this person had made had made shirk. Isn't that correct? So be very careful, brothers and sisters, in that. So Habib said, Allah accepts from the pious and God-fearing. In other words, look, if I am God-fearing now, alhamdulillah, I don't even know if I will be in the future, but I'm advising you to be the same. Then he said, And Habil said a beautiful statement to his brother. He said, listen, if you want to extend your hand out and use it to try and kill me or fight me. I do not want to do the same. I don't want to extend my hand out to do evil with it to kill you. This means that Habil was defending himself. And in the hadith it says that Habil was stronger than Qabi. He was a better fighter. But Habil, he used his strength and his fighting for what? In the piety, in the taqwa of Allah. 
So he says, I don't intend to do the same. So you want to kill me out of evilness. I don't want to kill you out of evilness. But I'll defend myself if I had to, if I have to. So go ahead, do your bullying, do your evil work. I don't want to fight you, but I'll defend myself. I fear Allah, he said. And then he said to him, if you want to continue to fight me and kill me, then go ahead. I want you to take your own sin for murdering me, and you can take my sins too. I want you then, if you're going to continue then, you can take your own sins and I, you can take my sins. Anyone who does bullying or harms or oppresses a victim, you know what happens? You get two sins. This is among the rare sins, rare actions that you get double the sin in this world and in the next. One of them is... Uh, Bad treatment to your parents, whether they deserve it or not. And oppressing others. You get the punishment double in this world and in the next. Every other sin is in the hereafter. My brothers and sisters in Islam, when someone takes the rights of another and does not repent and make up for it, you take the sin of doing the act yourself, because you listen to your nafs, and you take the sins of the victim. Take it off. So he said to him, you take my sins and yours. And that is the punishment of those who oppress themselves. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. He says, so his nafs made him kill his brother. So he killed him. And then he started carrying his body everywhere. He didn't know what to do. He became one of those who regret themselves. Now regret is not enough. You regret and you must repent and fix. Not just say, oh, I feel bad. But you continue your bad. He felt bad and carried his brother around. Nobody had ever murdered. Nobody had ever buried. And so Allah sent to him two crows. One crow killed the other and it pitched, it, it dug a hole in the ground and buried its friend crow. And Qabil said, Oh my God, is this what I have to do with my brother's body? To bury him under the ground? He didn't want to go back to his father. He didn't want to show his sin. But instead of making up and admitting his sin, all he did was he copied the crow as a sign and he buried him. And that was how the tradition of burial happened. Uh, Allah says this all in Surah Al-Ma'idah. He became among the regretful. But he didn't repent. To repent, you need to do four things. Number one, regret sincerely and admit your sin. Number two, ask Allah to forgive you from your heart. Number three, promise and make a commitment not to return to the major sin. We're talking about major sins, not minor sins. And number four, if you've taken someone's right, make it up to them or return it back to them. He didn't do any of that. He just felt guilty and that's it. It's not enough. He buried his brother and he left and ran away with a woman. And he went into the mountains. Now these are Israeliyat from here. He went into the mountains, but as I said, we don't confirm or deny. He went into the mountains and there Qabil began to give birth, him and his wife, to an offspring who were raised on evil and disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But not shirk. Like they still worshipped Allah alone. They didn't worship idols or other beings. But the problem is the thing that started was the evil of one's hearts and self. It all starts in here, my brothers and sisters. Allah looks at your hearts first and then at your actions next. So the hearts are good, your actions will show, they interpret what's in your heart. So 
Some people say, I've got a good heart. Where's the good action for your good heart? You have a good heart, it shows good action. If you, have, if you love Allah, you have to show this love. It doesn't just come like that with words. They said, Iman of as Prophet said, Iman is not by wishing, wishful thinking. It is word and action. So, my brothers and sisters in Islam, he went up into the mountains and began to produce children who were raised on evil and jealousy and temptation. And Habil was in the land and they died. Then came their children. And then Adam السلام, he lived, as I said, to 960 years. The angels came to take his life. And we already said in the beginning of the talk, and he also died. Then he had a son named Seth, Sheath. And this Sheath is in a hadith, but his story is in the Israelites' tradition. Next week, inshallah, we will talk about the story of Seth, Sheath, who was said to be a prophet. And what happens to the offspring of Qabil and the offspring of Seth, of Sheath, the righteous prophet. That's till next week, inshallah, because now it's Maghrib time. Thank you for listening. I hope we have benefited today once again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.